do you like a good book recommendation? Yes, so do I. As long as it's from somebody that I trust and I get on with and they kind of get me and we're on the same sort of wavelength, that is when I will then go and commit to buying the book that they recommended because I trust them. And I think, yeah, do you know what? They kind of get me. I'll go for that one and I'll go and see it through and I will actually get the book. That is what happened when I bought this book, which is called A Path Travelled. It's it's called A Path Travelled, How to Make Sense of Your Life by Alison Blackler. Now, I actually ended up connecting with Alison because my friend who recommended the book had actually met her at an event and said to me, if you can't get her book on Amazon because they've sold out, just message her directly. And and then I did. And, and then do you know what? I'm actually not going to tell you any more about how we connected because it is just bonkers. It's honestly wonderfully bonkers, I'd like to add. But yeah, it's just... It's a bit magic, quite frankly. So I will leave that for just a moment. But first, let me just tell you a little bit about today's guest, Alison Blackler. She's a mind coach. She's also a published author because I have read one of her books. Her business is called Two Minds and she absolutely loves the life of neuroscience. She's such an and she's so interesting to listen to and have a conversation with. She absolutely loves the way that the mind works and she works with individuals. She works in group um, and she works in businesses and she's been doing this for over 20 years understanding the mind and mindset. So if at the moment you are starting to take those little steps of how to change your, let's be honest, those little habits that we have, those things that have been ingrained in us since birth, and actually most of them weren't even our own choices, you're starting to make steps to change your life, change your mindset so that you feel more yourself. You'll hear this an awful lot, more in alignment with yourself. You are going to take an awful lot away from this episode. Alison is just wonderful to listen to and she's actually a fabulous person as well. I'm so grateful to be connected with her. She's even got her own podcast too, which is called Mental Wealth. So please make sure that you look out for that on whatever platform that you listen to. In fact, we have, we've doubled up recently. Um, and we've jumped on each other's podcast just through connecting, talking podcasts and realised how we were initially connected. Wonderful, isn't it? Stick your earpods in, turn the music up. Let's the music up. Look, I think I'm on the radio still. <laughs> Crank your volume up. You are going to really enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for stopping by and know for a fact you're going to love it. Fabulous. Splendid. Thrilled. Oh, I'm chuffed to bits. Hi, I'm Sally Wallace and welcome to Chuffed. Chuffed is possibly one of the best British slang words and it feels so good to say. Chuffed is when you're winning, when things are going your way. You can be chuffed for yourself or chuffed for someone else. This podcast is about sharing and championing those little wins in life. You know the ones I mean. You don't share them on social media because you don't want to look like you're blowing your own trumpet. Not here. Blow away. It's relatable, motivational and inspirational. You simply cannot be chuffed and have a bad day. I like to describe this podcast as a voice note from your best friend. Follow me now on socials with at Chuffed Podcasts. And thank you for stopping by. You'll be chuffed to bits you did. Oh, I'm so excited today, which actually happens every time I have a guest speaker, but ever so, so much more excited today to have this lady as a guest speaker on uh, the podcast, because oh, as I mentioned in the intro, there is such an interesting story as to how I met Alison. But first of all, let me introduce Alison. So thank you, Alison. Thank you so much for coming on today. Good morning. 
Good morning and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm excited to share and talk about some of the things that I've been doing, but also hopefully to inspire other people as well. Oh, fabulous. So as I said, there is a really, really, it's, uh, do you know, it's like the universe kind of took over, wasn't it? It was really strange how we actually met. So Alison has got a book and it was a friend of mine who said, oh, you need to read this book. Um, and it's, it's, do you know what, all I can, all I can visualize now is it says path on it when she handed it to me and it said path. And she was like, get this book. And I thought, oh, path, it's green. And it's got green writing. Isn't it strange what you pick up on? Yeah. And I went, who's that? She went, Alison Blacklist, she's amazing. I went, who's she then? Oh, I, I, and she actually said, oh, I don't know. I didn't for one minute think that you lived near me. <laughs> and I went, oh, I'll get that. So she was like, yeah, if you message her on Facebook, she'll send you a copy. And I was like, really? So I messaged you on Facebook. I <laughs> and was like, oh, could you know, really interested in getting a copy of your book. Could you send me one with a message in it and blah, blah, blah. Next minute I got your book. I read it within a week, which I thought was fantastic because it's just one of the most wonderful reads. And because oh, and I'll, I'll mention this in, a, you know, uh, you know when, when you're talking about your book, because for me, it was just, I don't know, it just made sense. It made complete sense. And it was a lovely read as well. I wouldn't say easy because for people who are starting to work on their self-development, it would be a bit of a, oh, wow, hang on a minute. It's a hell of an eye opener in certain areas. Mm. So anyway, go on a couple of years. Um, I'm at a networking event about two weeks ago and I'm actually doing a, a talk about podcasting. And then you came up to me and you were like, oh, I'm doing a podcast. And I started a podcast. And I was like, great, what's your name? Alison Blackler. And I went, are you kidding me? <laughs> I've read your book. <laughs> We've talked. <laughs> I love it when that kind of thing happens, though. Alison, I was so bowled over when I got to meet you. It was just what a wonderful woman you are. And you just got yeah. such a presence. And I was, I actually went back to my table and went, oh my God, I've just met Alison. And one of the girls went, oh, she's fabulous. Have you read her books? I was like, are you kidding me? Yes. I, like, I know her. Like, it's reminded me of Buddy Elf from Elf when, he, when he's talking about Santa Claus. Like, I know him. I know him. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, it I love great. it. It was just wonderful. And what a pleasure to have you here today as a guest speaker. So, Alison, right, please introduce yourself. Mm. And I don't know what your title is or how you would describe yourself, because I would never want to offend. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather you did it as well. So, yeah, please do introduce yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I, and I love our story. And I think it it, it kind of makes part of my journey as well, what you've just described. So, so I am, I help people make sense of their minds. So my background originally was uh, trained as a therapist, did 24 years in the NHS. And I've trained in other kinds of um, brain science things. I've trained as a coach, I've done NLP, all sorts of different kinds of models. And I always say to people, you know, I've kind of got this toolkit now and I can help you make sense of whatever it is that you need help with. But running parallel with the whole of my journey in terms of my career has been myself. I wasn't confident when I was younger. I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know who I was. I was heavily influenced by critical people and people who kind of maybe were doing what they thought was best, but it really wasn't fitting for me. So I sort of felt a bit like a square peg in a round hole for a long time. So I set off on this journey and started to kind of learn stuff and 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 grabble you know like you say self-development it doesn't always come easy it's going to be hard you're going to have to sit with some uncomfortable things 
So I, I was really kind of pushing myself along this path. And then I would start to work alongside people and they'd say, you've obviously made sense of this. I wish you'd share it. And that's where the book came because somebody said, I wish you'd write everything down that you've learned. And I can honestly say, and this isn't, I'm not being corny. I can honestly say every single thing in that book, I've done it. I've done it probably multiple times. I've had to push myself. You know, this hasn't always been easy. I've had some really dark times. I've had some really challenging times. But I think if anyone's listening here who is feeling a bit stuck or their life isn't quite how they want it to be, that is quite normal. But I think that the most encouraging thing I can say is with some work and you do have to put some work in, there is another side and it can be whatever you want it to be. And and I know that, you know, my story is is proof of that. And I'm genuinely saying that not, you know, there are some people who say, oh, I've transformed myself. And you think, "Mm, have you? Do you know what? This is so interesting that you've just said that because I was talking to a friend yesterday and she said that one of the most frustrating things at the moment are people who, because I'll be honest with you, Alison, I am, I'm currently doing a life coaching course um, because I've been through so much and I've overcome some enormous hurdles and I, I, I get the best out of people, you know, and I absolutely love what I do. I, I love talking. I love doing this podcast, but not just that. I just love speaking to people and just helping them see things a little bit differently. So I thought, you know, what? It's something I need to explore. It's telling me I need to explore it. So I'm going to do it. So I was chatting to a friend yesterday and she said, the thing at the moment, Sally, is there's so many people who are trying to help other people, but they have no experience and they've not got any of the life skills that they're trying to implement on others. And that's one thing that really comes very strong from your book is you speak from the heart. You can 100 yeah. percent tell that. And you're very honest, which I think yeah. is so. And that's what people want. People want to relate to somebody on a I on a more so. of a raw, honest level, even what I think so. Yeah, I think so. Otherwise, it feels it feels uh, untouchable. Otherwise, if you're talking and listening to somebody who you think, you know, I, I can't relate to you, yeah, that then it's going to feel untouchable. The thing that you're talking about, whereas I can, you know, and, and my books obviously are very much self help, so they're full of things for you, for whoever's reading it. But when I get a chance to talk on podcasts like this or, or um, in front of people, I'm really honest about some of the really darker times, you know. I, some of the challenges I've had, I'm more than happy to talk about it because I think it, it does a help us feel like we're not alone. That's which is a, true. Yeah. There's which is so a many big people part. that how how dangerous is loneliness? Oh, it's it's crippling. It's literally crippling. Because if you think that you're the only one, yes, we're all unique. And yes, we've all got our own sort of set of ways of thinking, but in, you know, systematically from a brain perspective. We are quite similar, all of us, and we do have similar things. So for me, if you understand that, then you can change it. Do you know one thing that I uh, I went through IVF and going through IVF, it was, I always say it was incredibly lonely, but I chose to be lonely. And that sounds a bit strange, I know, but I, I know you'll get it. But I actually, it was a, it was a, it was a moment where I thought, you know, there's certain things that I just need to keep to myself at the moment and kind of deal with this. But then once I'd gone through it and successfully had Roman on the second go, um, and it wasn't really until he was in this world, which sounds a bit weird, but it was, it wasn't until I physically had him in my hands that I felt like I could talk about it. And then I kept, and then I kept 
then, then, then I, it's just weird because when I was going through it, I didn't really talk about it that much. And then when I actually physically had him, I couldn't stop talking about it. And I wanted to share my story and mm. the amount of women that I have met who have gone through infertility problems, whether it be IVF, polycystic ovaries, endometriosis, miscarriage, and they don't tell anyone. And some mm. of them don't even want to talk about it at all. But that loneliness is, it's just crippling. And that's where sometimes, and you, you know, if you get it off your chest and you actually say it out loud, it just makes you feel so much better, doesn't it? It does. It does. But I think one th it's a good point, though, because I think the other thing that is important about this is it's uh, the word that I think is really powerful is choose. So choose to be private about something. Don't feel uncomfortable about that then. Or choose to go and talk or choose to whatever we're talking about choose i hear so many people who even down to something like going on social media they go on social media they spend an hour and then they're annoyed with themselves because they say oh i've now wasted an hour of my time because they haven't really got anything from it but I, I, one of my big things is let's choose to do whichever it is and sit with that and be good with that choice not to then go oh i feel bad or oh, i wish i hadn't and i wish i'd said something and oh because all this stuff that we do to ourselves just causes us internal trauma really and grief you know if you if you're choosing to be private great as long yeah. as that's working as long as that's working for you, you know, if it's not really working for you then you need to think about what else you could do there's a lot of people as well and this is just through experience who have made choices but then because they're not happy with the choices they play the blame game and they blame someone else. The biggest thing, and this is, you know, this is through just my learnings, is you've got to take responsibility for your actions. You've got to own your shit. You know, it's not wrong if you fuck up because, oh my God, I've made some mistakes. And I wouldn't even say there were mistakes, to be honest. I've, I've learned. That's it. I've, I've learned and I've experienced. It might not have been right at the time. It, it, I mean, you know, sometimes six years on, it might have been right. You know, it's, it's just what it was in the moment. But... I know there's a lot of people who can't cope with that responsibility of choice because to them it's quite overwhelming because we do live in a society mm. where we feel like we have, it's almost like where we're being told what to do. And some people like being told what to do because then they don't have the responsibility. I mean, sure. am I right in saying that? You know, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there are some people who do find it difficult to make choices for themselves. So they will rely on others. That's okay. Again, if it's working for you, maybe. But my big thing is, how does everyone else know what you need? You know, the, the the closer you can get to being yourself, the happier you will be. And yeah, okay, some people need others to help and guide and reassure. But for me, finding that real strength inside you to say this is what's right for me is the ultimate kind of place to get to. But I think the other thing is, you know, again, you raise a good point. People do make choices and then blame somebody else or, or blame themselves. I mean, they're living in that horrible place where they're just going round and round telling themselves the same stories. It's like a, a sort of spinning plate in your mind about, oh, this happened and that happened. You're right, it is about taking responsibility. And I'm a big fan of being able to check in with yourself around two things. One, if you feel like the same things are happening to you time and time again, Clearly, you're not taking the thing, the lesson that's kind of in there. In my book, I call that the reset class. You know, we often find ourselves in similar situations that is so vital. But I think the other point about this is 
to be able to maybe reframe the situation that's happened that didn't work out. So what was it that you got? What did you learn from it? Who are you because of that? Because I think then that you can change that. You can it can activate that. All the stuff that has happened, there isn't very much you can do about it. And so many people are stuck in these patterns and habits about thinking about a situation or a person in their lives, anything really. And it's not serving them anymore. No, and the past people, and I think some people see it as a, it's almost like a comfort crutch as well, isn't it? And it's like it makes them feel comfortable if they can talk about a situation. And I, you know, I, I mean, and I've been guilty of this in the past as well. Um, but I've had friends who've done it as well, and they're always like, "Well, do you remember when this happened?" And it's like, "I mean, God, that was fifteen years ago, love. Come on." Uh, and mm-hmm. it, you know, and it's it's, but it's almost like they it it keeps her comfortable because it's her story. But sometimes it it, it now it's become her story. It's almost like it's part of her life, and she can't live without it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and it's quite scary sometimes, really, that people will. I mean, you know, I know what this is like. I've, I've things have happened to me in the past, and then you know what actually actually happens can get embellished along the way as well, or you can add a little bit to it for a little Definitely. bit more dramatization and. You know, it's like being that move in that movie, isn't it? In your own little movie world and everything. And you're the character. And if you want to change your script, you can change it, I guess. You will. You really can. And I think the the other thing that's important to remember there is from a brain perspective, you know, if you wanted to get a little bit more of an understanding of the mind, our minds are association making machines. So if you've got something that's a memory or a situation that was uncomfortable, your mind is going to have that stored for just in case. So we're meant to have that sort of reminder of things. That's why we all hopefully as adults don't burn our hands on the fire anymore because we were told don't burn your head, you know, you'll get burned. So we've got that for everything. So every single thing that's ever happened to us, things at school, things in jobs, relationships, anything at all, Your mind's job is to protect you. So if there's a little bit stored about something that happened in the past, your mind could give you that memory as as if to say, oh, well, just a minute, we've got this in here. But that doesn't mean that it needs then to define us and affect what we're next doing. And that's the, I think that's one of our greatest skills and tricks that we can play is to be like, okay, that happened. It's okay. It's just a thought I've got about that whole thing. But actually, if you, as you said about your friend, if you just keep running it and keep talking about it, you're keeping it alive, your mind doesn't know the difference between something that's happening right now and something that's happened in the past. So it'll think it's the same. So it'll give you the feelings if you were cross or if you were upset, it'll give you all that in that moment. So you're reliving it. So while it's good, you know, it's good to have it because otherwise we would continue to get ourselves in the same mess as we need it. But it's what I'm always mindful of is let's check when it's defining you or it's it's affecting your future now, yourself today. So, right, Alison, tell me how many books you've got out now then, because you've, you've released another book, haven't you? But you're always you're a busy lady, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got so my first book, which was which is the one you've got, is A Path Traveled, How to Make Sense of Your Life. I always thought there was only ever going to be one. Um, it. It, it's sort of everything that I think people need to learn to help themselves be able to make sense of themselves and their past and then their future. When we were given our second joyful lockdown, 
uh, I went and got all the uh, information that I pulled out of A Path Travelled, How to Make Sense of Your Life, because it was all about relationships. So there was lots of stuff that had got too in detail. And then when we got locked down, I thought, oh, well, maybe I could, having learned so much about writing books, maybe I could write another one on relationships. So I did. Um, so there's one on relationships, the highs and lows, the, the the kind of all scenarios. It's a one-stop shop for relationships. It's got something about new new relationships, leaving relationships, destructive relationships, and then how to have a good relationship. But of course, the thread through that book, just like the other one, is until you've got a good relationship with yourself, an external relationship with anyone else is going to be more difficult. So it, they kind of they kind of fit together, although they can be read standalone. And then I have been really fortunate to write um, a few chapters in books. Um, I've written a, a, my story, a bit of my story, in a, an anthology book called Rise. And I am contemplating writing the whole of that story, so the, a lot more detail, again, in the hope to inspire others who might have challenging relationships with parents, uh, people along the way but usually and mainly it's that relationship with yourself isn't it that affects so much yeah I mean a relationship with parents you are oh gosh it's I think that's so important is that, that you said that it's because I mean you know I, I love my mum and dad you always have to say this don't you because people are like oh you don't speak to them I love my mum and dad we uh, I mean, if you were to meet us, we get on incredibly well, but that's only because I have just learned so much about my parents um, and I adore them to pieces. Of course I do. They're like two little old dudes now, but it's a, uh, it's a challenge when they fall off the pedestal. Um, and when they do fall off the pedestal, you're just like, holy shit balls. And, and it's, and it's actually, if you do the work on yourself, which I massively had to do, um, it, it you actually grow. And I, I, it's a point that there was a big shift in my life as well. And like I said, I love my parents, but we're very, very different people, very different yeah. people. And I think if you can accept that indifference, it's, it's a good thing. I think it's, I a, think and that's so. how you can have a better relationship. Definitely. I think as long as there's some level of acceptance on both parts, because, yeah. you know, my story is not quite as pleasant as yours. And, you know, mine haven't accepted anything that I, who I am and what I do. So it's been hard, but that doesn't mean to say that it is impossible. It's a journey that you go on to find yourself, despite that those people in your life who are saying, you know, you're not good enough and you're no good and all these things. So there are plenty of people out there, you know, I often tell my story and people are like, yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, and it feels wrong. It feels wrong that that's the case, but also as adults, we need to have our own, our own path, our own life, really, without all. Yeah, I, I no, that's exactly it. And I have a friend, and she doesn't speak to her parents, and I know the full story, and I, I totally see why she doesn't. And yet, when she tells new people that she meets, this is interesting. Some of their reactions, she's had this a couple of times. The reaction has been, "Oh, that's such a shame. They're your mum and dad. Why don't you just make amends?" You know. Make, oh and it's it's so frustrating for her because they don't know what's happened they haven't got a clue and it's like oh yeah but that's your mum it's such a shame that you've not got your mum in your life but they don't get it and you you know with yourself with your relationship if you say you've got you know you can probably relate to that where people say the most sometimes insensitive things because they have no idea what's gone on in your past not at all exactly I mean how people 
make comments, judgments, have opinions or measure, of course, is only from themselves. So if you think about some of the things that people say about you or about something else, they're only measuring it from wherever they are. So if that person's got a lovely relationship with their mum and they have this gorgeous time, then for them, they're measuring what they're hearing from their position. So that is where the clumsy things come out because people aren't great at putting themselves in other people's shoes and, and being curious about why that might be. They just almost jump to, oh, well, that's awful because for, because the brain is very selfish. So we hear things that we then internalise. So for the her, the thought of not being in touch with her mum is obviously something she couldn't even contemplate. So her what she says, which is a little bit clumsy, but not with bad intention, just yeah, she can't she can't picture it. She can't imagine what that would be like. And some it, of the it, drama comes, some crisis, conflict comes from people not realising that they're giving their opinion based on themselves and not actually stepping into that other person's world. That's so true. I did an episode of about my son and it was called He's Not Grumpy, He's Nonverbal because I was so tired of pushing him around in the trolley. And this is totally, it goes, goes hand in hand what you've just said there. I would get more, I'd say probably older ladies, not too old though, uh, that would be trying to get Roman's attention. Now, Roman is nonverbal. He is on the spectrum, but he's amazing and he's really smiley, but he doesn't talk because he, he hasn't learned to talk yet. So what you get is somebody going, oh, hello. Oh, you're a beautiful little boy. Can you say hello? Hello. And he just sit there and they go, oh, somebody's grumpy today, aren't they? And I thought, no, he's not grumpy. He's awesome. He's always smiling. And I, at first I just sort of brushed it off. And then to, after a while, I thought, all it is, is that somebody's ego is being damaged by a little four-year-old boy who cannot speak. And it says more about them than it does about him. And so after a while, I just started saying, do you know what? He's not grumpy. He's just nonverbal. And that was it. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, you don't have to be sorry. I said, I said, you don't have to be sorry at all. But it was so interesting how mm. that was their reaction of that. He's grumpy because he won't yeah. speak to me. Exactly. <laughs> It is funny though when when we do this to children, we we we're complete strangers <laughs> to to any child. And you know, I mean, I love making a kid smile, and you know, if they're sat in a trolley and they give them a little smile or something, I love doing that because they because you know you do usually get something back, even if it's just a shy look. It's quite cute. Yeah. But sometimes you do think, gosh, you know, we are complete strangers and we're expecting <laughs> children to answer us, and they might. Some of their responses might just be absolutely warranted as if to say, well, I don't know who you are, so I don't want to say hello because we exactly. wouldn't necessarily. <laughs> or my mum's told me not to talk to strangers. That's it, really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Alison, where can people find your book? Hmm. So they are on, you can get them through my website, as you said. You can get them through me actually signing them and sending them out to you. I do do that. They're also on Amazon. Uh, I am pleased to say they are in quite a few shops as well because they were launched in lockdown and it was really important for me to have books that people could actually go and and buy in a shop. But one of my favourite things is to go to events and actually talk to people with them because I think that's the big novelty for me as well, yeah. to actually just be able to spend that time with people. So they are all on the usual platforms. And um, I've also got a podcast, which um, 
you're going to be my guest on. Which oh, is yeah, so I am excited. <laughs> so, well, what, what, what's your podcast called? Tell us your podcast. It's called it's called Mental Wealth: The Podcast to Invest in Your Mind. Brilliant. And is that on Spotify and Apple? Can people find it through that? Yes. And yes. then, is there a link through your Instagram account as well? What's your Instagram? Look at me. I'm just get, get, telling, getting all the information out of you, Alison. What's <laughs> what's the best way for people to reach out to? Is it through yeah, Instagram? So everything's on Instagram. In the bio, there's a link tree, and my Instagram is Alison Two, the number two Minds. My business is called Two Minds. And so, if, yeah. And so, the link to your podcast is through that as well, is it? And then also to yes. your book as well through there. Yes. And I've got a free Facebook group called In and On the Mind, which is only just uh, resurrected itself. So we've sort of restarted that. And again, that's just a, a real private, it's a private uh, group, and it's just a place for people to come and hear some stuff and push themselves and challenge themselves and find some maybe some internal answers. Is there a lot of sharing in that group where people can be quite open as well? Is it a private group? Yes, it's a private group. And I think it's really important that, you know, people are choosing to come into the group. They have to fill in the little form to say they want to be part of it, which means it's going to be a nice, safe space. So we've, uh, we're building that up now. That's amazing. So, so many different. Do, do you work with people on a one to one basis or do you prefer to do more group? I do do one-to-one, but I am starting to do more group. And that's why the podcast and the uh, uh, Facebook groups are important to me. I do spend quite a lot of time in working in businesses. So I go and work with leaders and managers and teams, helping them understand themselves so that they can understand each other. So so bringing the, the brain science, if you like, into the business world. So I do do a lot of that. So I do do one-to-one, although I am over the years recognizing so much more that people can learn with each other instead of me saying do you do realize that you're not the only one who is in this situation and then I don't know how many times I must say that every week every day and actually for me trying to think about how do we learn and push ourselves together I think is probably where where it's at I I agree with you I feel like we've all become very disconnected it's quite Mm. sad really and I was um I was just exploring this the other day, really, with generational uh, sort of with a generational kind of feel to it. So really, like my grandmother's generation, you just didn't move away from home at all. I mean, she was born. She she passed away a couple of years ago. She was 96. But you the whole family would stay very close knit. And then the generation mm. before that, again, you wouldn't really move far away. So you'd have a uh, you'd have all your relatives close at hand, which would be like your little sisterhood. Now, in my generation, my sister lives in Australia. My brother lives in America. My parents were living in the south of England. I moved to Manchester. I've just moved my parents up north. But it, it, we're not just disconnected from friendships. We're disconnected from family as well. We are, yeah. And we, we're exploring this. It's, it, and it is, it, again, lonely. The other Another word that comes up, you've either got to go and be really proactive and make new friends. You've got to get out there to make friends. Or your life is very lonely. It can be very lonely. I think so. And I think the, you know, the the joy of the pandemic, there are definitely things that have, have weren't great and are still not great for it. But I think we need to monopolize on different ways that we can communicate and different ways that we can get podcasts. You know, the birth of podcasts has, has come from that and people can hear good quality stuff that suits them, that's the right sort of topic for them when they want on demand. And I think, you know, one of the things is really important is to be conscious of what you're listening to. What are you filling your mind with? Because there's a lot of noise out there. 
you know, the media has its way of doing things and it's not always good. And if you are feeling lonely, feeling a bit anxious, a bit worried, and you listen to stuff on that, you're going to feel more anxious because there's so much uh, lack of control. There's so much uncertainty. So for me, it's so, so important to think about putting good quality stuff in your, in your ears and in your mind and just think about where you're going to get that from. Make sure it's yeah. something that's that's good quality and credible and relatable for you. Yeah. Find Alison and I on Instagram and listen to our podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alison, it's been such a pleasure to have you as a guest today. I cannot thank you enough for coming on. I really do appreciate your time. I know you're a busy lady, so thank you. Oh, I've loved it. It's been really lovely to share this space with you. So what I'm going to do is in the show notes, I will leave all of Alison's details. I will make sure that I put her Instagram account there, which is Alison2, is in the number two minds. So make sure that you go and find it, click on the link, and then go and have a look at Alison's Instagram page. Like I said, you can, she's, you're more than happy to take direct messages, aren't you, for your book? Yeah. Um, she'll take direct messages. If you want to contact her, maybe potentially work one-to-one. But please do reach out to Alison. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Right. Thank make sure you. that you give me a follow. It's Chuffed Podcast on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook as well. Thank you so much for stopping by today. And I will speak to you very soon. Thank you so much for stopping by and taking a listen. Follow me on socials with at Chuffed Podcast. And one more thing. Do you feel warm and tingly with a big smile on your face? <gasps> ah, my friend, you are Chuffed.